When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Hockey News Podcast. Welcome to the Hockey News Podcast, presented by BetMGM McKenney Hockey. I'm Mike Stevens. Sitting in person across from me finally again is uh, Ryan Kenny. Ryan, how you doing? Pretty good. Neither of us are sick anymore. No, we survived. We, we uh, Listen, I think, I think the World Juniors were great. We got some great coverage from it, some great content, memories of a last lifetime. Yeah. Um, but it did, it did not come free. It came with a price. Yeah. Maybe uh, malaria. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. We'll have to see. Um, but look, we're here, and thankfully, uh, one of the biggest trades, I would say, of the calendar year kind of went down uh, last night. It's always insane when a, when a team captain gets traded, um, when that team captain, uh, mid-season, yeah. by the way. Like, that's, that's always huge. And then it's always nuts when that team captain is, uh, maybe not right now, but close to being on pace for 60 goals. Uh, so last night at the, you know, out of nowhere, it seemed, uh, the, the Vancouver Canucks traded Bo Horvat um, to, the, uh, to the New York Islanders exchange for Anthony Bavillier, um, prospect Atu Ratti, or Atu Ratu, I think it is. I think the it's last like, name. I think it's actually Ati Ratti. Ati Ratti? Okay. Yeah. I've heard a million I different. I what, can I, I just call him Atu Ratti for yeah. now? And then if someone corrects we'll us, then we'll. anglicize it for now. Exactly. Um, and then a protected 2023 first round pick. Uh, it's a top 12 protected, so if it, if it lands in the top 12, it will slide to the 2024 uh, NHL draft where it becomes unprotected. Mm. And then also on top of that, the uh, Vancouver Canucks are, ret- Canucks are retaining 25% of Bo Horvat's salary. Lots to talk about here. This is a pretty, this is, this is a major, like, this is the first step we, um, uh, it was revealed by Patrick Alvin. Uh, general manager of the Vancouver Canucks last night, it seemed. This is sort of the first step to them really getting that selling process going. Um, lots to talk about here. Why don't we j- you just give me your first reaction on the trade, Ryan? Because this is a big one. It is pretty intriguing. I mean, you know, uh, from Vancouver's perspective, obviously, Aturati, you know, this is a player that at one point we were thinking could be number one overall in the 2021 mm-hmm. draft. He played at the World Juniors as kind of a super underager and looked pretty good. You know, big kid. Uh, you know, great goal scoring potential. It was kind of him and Owen Power. Mm-hmm. And then his draft year, he just could not score for the life of him. It was a really rough year. Dropped down to the second round, obviously, where the Islanders scooped him up. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, really recovered after that. Had a great season in Finland. Has come over to North America, made his NHL debut. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, put up some decent numbers in Bridgeport. Yeah. Um, with the, uh, we'll call them the Baby Islanders, I suppose. Um, there's a lot of potential here, and I, I wonder if you know Vancouver looks at him and says, "Okay, well, you know, he's a big body. Could he be another kind of Anton Lindell type of player? You know, big Finnish guy. You know, two-way player. Uh, just needs to be kind of unlocked." And you know, I think when you're the Canucks, and, and you know, maybe this isn't the last move they make. Um, you want he will start in Abbotsford. We yes, know that. he's already going to Abbotsford. Yeah. yeah, but you know, once we get past the trade deadline, once you get to the final couple of weeks of the season, when the Canucks aren't really playing for anything in particular, maybe bring him up and say, okay, well, where can he fit into the lineup? 
what can he provide for us long term? Beauvillier, I've always liked, you know, good kind of scrappy two-way player. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I'm very fascinated by the fact it's a top 12 protected pick. Mm -hmm. Because as a draft guy and a prospect guy, my mind instantly goes to, why 12? Yeah. Does that mean that the Islanders scouting staff and GM Lou Lamorello look at this draft and say, we think that there's a tier that ends at 12, yeah. and then after that, it sort of it drops off, and then I start thinking, okay, well, who's in that tier? Mm -hmm. Because every list is different. So uh, that's sort of where my mind wanders, where it's like, why, why 12? That's intriguing to me. I, I believe the Islanders currently would be picking 14th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So obviously, you know, they would be safe in that regard. Um, but again, just sort of fascinating. And then, you know, from the other perspective, if you the Islanders, you're not in a playoff spot now. Mm -hmm. You're not far off. No, they're they're on the on the heels. They're yeah. They're nipping at the so heels. you inject Bo Horvat into that lineup, and as you mentioned, I mean he's having a tremendous season in terms of goal scoring, amongst other things. I mean he's having mm -hmm. just a great year all around. Uh, but the Islanders are a team that have had trouble scoring, so it really fits in. And then of course the question from there is contract extension. Yeah. Because he is eligible for unrestricted free agency this summer, but given what the Islanders gave up, you would think they would probably want to retain him. And I know we've talked about Bo Horvat's contract this summer in the past. Now that he's with the Islanders, what kind of difference does that make? Because I was saying he could probably get 10. Yeah. But now he can get eight from eight years from yes. the Islanders. So that would likely bring down the you would think. And Matt Barzal is making... 9.15. 9.15. So, you think about Lou Lamorello teams, it's always the orchestra. It's always about playing for the team. Yeah. Would Horvat take nine? Yeah, I Because think so. it's weird. It's like Bo Horvat or Matt Barzal, who should, who should make more money? I, I, that's a fun debate. But, you know, Barzal's kind of... I mean, he's been with the franchise his whole career, obviously. Horvat's the new guy. What's that negotiation going to look like? Is it now nine over eight instead of ten over seven? Uh, very intriguing to me. There's a lot to yeah. There's a lot to look at with this trade. I think this is. I mean, like you said, anytime a team captain gets traded, especially midseason, it's a big deal. Indeed. And uh, you said that, but that's okay. I well, you know, I'm just gonna <laughs> exactly. quote yourself. Quote myself. You know, uh, you know, you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Uh, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. But yeah. um, I think look, Bo Horvat as he is right now, is exactly the player that the Islanders need. Yep. I mean, they're two points behind Pittsburgh for the last uh, playoff spot in the Metro. Um, they, but they are a team that just cannot score. Like, they are, they are 23 in goal, uh, 23rd out of uh, 32 this season in goals for per game. And I think that would be, that's even higher than I thought they would be. Um, and even just seeing them in person a lot this season, they play, they've come to Toronto twice. This is a team that just has a lot of trouble generating that, that generating that, like, offense in sort of, like, the... I don't know how to like just like the doldrums of games, you know, mm -hmm. like you know in the in like the second period or like sure. you know where the game sort of gets to a flow and like you you really see the good teams, the good offensive teams at least separate themselves by being able to generate even strength offense. Mm -hmm. They just can't. And so getting a guy like Bo Horvat, and I will say his shooting percentage is is juiced right now. You know, he's a career like 14% guy. Um and, and but and if also if you look at that, like he's 
He's always shooting in the, he, he, he will always shoot in the double digits. So he's, he's just naturally like pretty inefficient shooter, mm -hmm. but he's at 21.7% this year. So it's a little high. So we're thinking, and we're already seeing that come down a bit because he was on pace for like 60 at one point. He's got 31 and 49. So it's a little bit off, but even still, like this is exactly the type of player, whether it's a net front presence on the power play, yep. you know, a guy who can just come in. He's got a hard shot, but he's also a big body. He's also only, he's only 20, uh, 27. Like he's not, he's not as old as you would, as some people would maybe think Bo Horvat is just because mm -hmm. of his status as a captain and just how long he's been in the league. He made yeah. his debut right away. He's exactly what they need. On the other hand, we look at the, what the Canucks are getting back in this. Um, and I think this is, this is a lot more futures oriented than I thought they would be. Hmm. You know, because right, we, we, they came out and Patrick Alvin and Jim Rutherford, they said, you know, we're looking for guys who, um, you know, we're looking for guys who, who are like, you know, early to mid 20s, um, you know, who have maybe been cast off from teams and need a fresh start. We're looking like to do a retool, hmm. all that. And yet getting a first round pick, Getting a prospect like Ati Ratti, who yes, has made his NHL debut, but there's still a lot that he has to work out. Mm -hmm. Speed is a big thing. Keeping up the pace of the game is a big thing. Um, it, you know, that's, you know, those are two future assets that could really help them. And, and then Beauvillier, it'll be really interesting to see what they do with him because yes, yeah. he is, he's a lot younger than I thought he was too. Like he's only 25, mm -hmm. I'm 26. So if, if he's considered old, then I'm, I don't know what's, what's happening with me, but he is, uh, uh, you know, he, he's, we, I think we've, even though he's only 25, I think we've seen his ceiling. He's like a 40-point middle six uh, winger. Decent two-way game. A guy who can chip in every once in a while. Can play on maybe a second power play unit. I wonder if they flip him at the deadline as well. Mm. Um, you know, just because he is, uh, he's, he's got this sort of like team control under him. He's under contract for a bit. Mm. You know, uh, at not a crazy price. There's a, lot to there's a lot to think about here. And what I'm really interested in this as well is that this is now gets the ball rolling on a lot of other trades. Like, yes. Alvin said himself, I'm a, I'm, we're expecting to get a lot more calls coming in mm. now after this. Um, it's going to be really, it's like, it's going to be really interesting to see. It just, it, it seems that the Islanders, I, I, I think this is a, for Bo Horvat in his present condition, I know he's going to be a rental, but we all kind of assume that the Islanders are going to get out push hard for an extension because yeah. they did give up a lot in a vacuum, but yeah. for a, for your team captain, a guy who has stuck through all this, who's on pace for 60 goals. He's only 27 years old. He's a center. He's a great two-way player. Mm -hmm. This, this kind of seems, and I asked around, I'm like, am I wrong for thinking this is somewhat of a, a bit of an underwhelming return? Well, I mean, if you look at it this way, I think Vancouver knew they weren't going to be able to re-sign him. They just didn't have the cap space. Yeah. Right? I mean, you got the JT Miller contract. You, I mean, you have a lot of big contracts in Vancouver. I mean, we talked about this earlier in the yeah. year. That it's like, Bo Horvat's gone. So, you know, you get what you can for him. And, you know, a first rounder, a roster player, and a, you know, a pretty good prospect. Would, that's a nice little haul. Would you categorize Ratti as an A prospect? I would put him on, on the cusp. So The I, potential's certainly there. Yeah, but I think... Yeah, he's not a sure thing. But we've certainly, it's funny, it's like, I feel like when you're, when you're thinking about trades, you know, if you're not a GM, if you're just a fan or somebody mm. in the media, uh, you kind of have this like wish list where it's like, oh, it's got to be the top guy. It yeah. rarely is. It rarely is. Yeah. So I, I think it was a pretty good pull. And, and the Islanders don't have a very deep pipeline either. They're already, they're already pretty deep. I was reading, uh, like, for example, Scott Wheeler's, uh, uh, I think they're, they're in the bottom 25. Yeah. And now they're, like, now they just lost arguably their best. One. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely win now. 
Yeah. Right? Like that, I mean, that. Which they're not doing a lot of. Lately. And they're not doing enough of. Yeah. Right. But I mean, Lamorello, and again, we've talked about this before, he has to think about his future. Uh, and on, on this earth. <laughs> he'll, he'll outlive us. Oh, he'll, he's, yeah, Trust exactly. Uh, but one more point I'll make on Beauvillier mm-hmm. is, you know, we, you talked about his, his ceiling offensively. That was his Islanders ceiling. That's true. He's been a New York player for life. That's true. What can he do in Vancouver uh, where, you know, it was, the structure won't be the same, let's face it. Um, <laughs> he might be a first-line uh, winner. Might, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, in junior he scored. Yep. So, uh, and we know that every player who's scored in junior has translated perfectly to the NHL. Certainly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but, no, I mean, we've seen that he, you know, he does have that capability. So what can he do in a different system? That's a great point. It's, but th- and then we go, okay, well, what's Bull Horvath going to look like in the Islanders system? Yeah, and it's funny, too, because I, I, I've seen this on Twitter where a, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, he's a perfect Lamorello guy because he's, like, team first, mm-hmm. you know, two-way guy. You, you can fit him in and into a structure, and he'll play to that structure. And, uh, and, and you made a great point. You know, a net front presence, I, I saw a stat, I think it was this morning or last night, where He's had a lot of goals scored on tips and deflections. That's what helps with his shooting percentage, right? Like that's exactly. that's why he's always shot, you know, fourteen or above. I think mm. in in full seasons, like even last season, he was shooting sixteen percent, where he established his career high in thirty goals. Mm. And I think we even look at we even look at that. Like, look, are, are we going to expect that he's going to be a consistent fifty goal scorer for the rest of his career? Probably not, right? Right. But even if you're getting a guy like Bo Horvat, who is a we know is a great leader. Um, you know, the fact that he was the, the Canucks captain and he kept sort of the, cr- the chaos, mm-hmm. the lid on the chaos for so long yeah. and, and was just like the ultimate consummate professional throughout all that is, is Herculean work, right. you know. Um, but also to like the guy, he's, he's still a center, he's 27, um, you know, he's, he's, he's a great, you know, great two-way guy and also like we know that, you know, a baseline he's a 30-goal guy. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Um, I'm wondering, like, and now I wonder, like, because he seems to be exactly what the Canucks need, right? Like you say, team first guy. Are they going to let him be, the, be that guy? Like, are they going wow. to let him be, because it, obviously in Vancouver, it's a lot more freewheeling. Even, yeah. even with all the chaos, like Bruce Boudreaux's offensive system, he's known for that. Yeah. Whereas Lane Lambert, not so much. Did they, did, they, did they, you know, trade for an offensive guy to plug into a system that might not cater to him? Well... Again, I go back to something Lou Lamorello has said mm-hmm. long over the years, which is like a hockey team is like an orchestra. Yes. Everybody plays their role. So if they're bringing in Bo Horvat and, and we know they need scoring, I think a big part of that is going to be scoring, where you add him to a, so- a top six that has Matt Barzell and Brock Nelson and Anders Lee, and you say, okay, well, this is a guy that really fits in and, and improves that group uh, and hopefully takes us to the next level. Um, so I, I, I think that's the sort of thing that they're looking at where, um, you know, they know what they're getting in Horvat and they, they need what he brings. So I, I think that's where the fit works. I would also say the pressure's off of him. He's, no, he's, oh. not, he's not the captain. No, he can right? just enjoy can making the playoffs. He part of that to. group. He can ingratiate himself in that group, group, knowing that the Islanders have a pretty good leadership core. They do. And, and you know, it's just a, now that they have this new arena, you know, now it, it, it just seems like there is a very, um, and, and obviously they have Lou Lamorello as the general manager. It seems like it's just a very stable uh, uh, environment. You yes. Know? And I don't, and Bo Horvat literally, like he came into the NHL in chaos. He came in because, because he was the draft pick that they traded straight up for Corey Schneider. 
you know, yes. at the height of Corey Schneider's powers too, yes. which was at the time, like he came in with a lot of pressure on him because a lot of people thought that was, that was a, a failure of a trade at the time. I remember I was a teenager when that happened and every, you know, hockey HF boards and all that were, were losing their minds over it. And then just look at every, like he was born into the Jim Benning era and, mm. you know, like the, the right after the, the heyday of the Canucks, Mike Gillis era, and he's had to go through so much and grow as a, as a player in person off the ice in a system that would have broken and has broken a lot of other players in his position. And now he can just, like he's on the island under like the most locked, you know, like sort of like ironclad, iron-fisted general manager out there. Um, I think, I think like, I, this is the New York Islanders. They tend to do this a lot. Like, they've done this with, uh, they did this with Cal Palmieri. They did this with, um, uh, why is his name? Uh, Pajot, guys yeah. like that. Yeah. Where, like, they'll, they'll acquire, like, you know, a pretty prominent guy from another, you know, prominent veteran guy from another team. And then they're there for a couple, for, you know, for a little bit. And they go, hey, I really like it here. Exactly. And let's re-sign, you yeah. know? And will there, will there need to be some interesting moves made, uh, you know, to, to fit that in next year? Absolutely. I like if if the Islanders sign Bo Horvat, like if they get if this comes with an extension to the next like before the trade deadline or whatever, yeah. I think it's an absolute win for them. Like I think that that package for a guy like Bo Horvat on a contract that will likely be a little bit less than Matt Barzal, mm. like you know Bob's your uncle. Congratulations, that's great. Um, if he leaves in free agency, obviously, um, I think that's. You know, that's obviously disappointing, especially if they miss the playoffs. That's a yes. disaster. Right. Because now the pressure's on. Like, they're that's not true. in a playoff spot, and they just gutted their prospect system and gave away, even though it's top 12 protected, they gave away uh, a pick in one of the deepest drafts ever. Yeah. Um, and, and on top of it, a guy who is, who's been an Islander for life in Anthony Bavillier, um, it's a big swing. It's a big swing. Big yeah. swings all around, it seems. Indeed. And quick sidebar, just mentioning the Bo Horvat trade. Yes. I was at that draft. It was in New Jersey. Uh-huh. And uh, some of the media seats were kind of at the back of the, the lower bowl. Uh, so when the trade was announced that New Jersey was giving up their first rounder, uh, a middle-aged man in a devil's jersey sort of, you know, 12 rows Uh-oh. from me, literally just stood up and was like, that's it, and just walked out of the arena. And it was hilarious. Wow. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a lot of that. Like, you know, in the NBA, when the Knicks drafted Kristaps Porzingis, there's like, cl- there's like classic ones of Knicks fans losing their minds, and he ended up being pretty good until he tore his ACL, but um, <coughs> it was a different, different uh, sport. If you had to give this a, a grade for each team right now, what would it be? Just like way too early reaction. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's go. Let's, let's be inflammatory for a second. Oh, I'm so bad at inflammatory. I would give each team a B. I think it's like... There's definitely some risk involved, as you know, for yeah. the Islanders. Uh, but they got a player that I, I think they can really help them for Vancouver. Pretty decent haul, yeah. Um, especially if if that pick goes to 2024 unprotected. I'm always fascinated when that happens. That feels like Russian roulette. Yeah. Um, unprotected is like your play. Like I believe they they should they call that now the poison pill. <laughs> yeah, but I mean the Islanders, they shouldn't be like terrible. But this also kills my, my hot take from the beginning of the season that I thought the Islanders would win the lottery to get Connor Bedard. Now it's not going to happen. Look, Actually, no, I guess it still could. It, it's still possible. It's, it's definitely a lot less likely to happen. Yeah, probably um, But, no, it's, this, is, uh, this is, like, there's so much. I love these kind of trades. Like, I, I tweeted last time, like, these are the days on Hockey Twitter I live for. Because right. there's so much to talk about here, so much to, to discuss. And, look, I'm proud of the, the Canucks for getting as many futures as they did. I was not expecting it. I thought they were allergic to draft picks. I thought they were gonna, <laughs> I thought they were gonna go and try and get like, um, 
uh, uh, I'm trying to even think of what, what the guy's name is. I think he, um, he was sent away uh, uh, because he didn't want to get the vaccine. Who is that? Who's the player in the Islanders system? He's a oh, defenseman, I, I think. But he was like a relatively high pick at one point. Yeah. Uh, I, I literally can't remember. It was like Noah something or maybe, I don't know. He was supposed to be a good pick and then apparently he just hasn't turned out. But I was expecting them to get him. I was expecting, nope, Atu Ratti, the top prospect in their system who has a lot of intriguing tools there. Pretty good. And then, you know, top 12 protected, all that. I, I Look, I think it, it was decent. Would I have liked it to be an unprotected pick for, for Vancouver? Absolutely. I think that lessens, that, that's what gives uh, New York a B plus in my opinion and uh-huh. Vancouver would be pretty even. Um, all right. Move on to another Eastern Conference team that yeah. is uh, that is seemingly surging at this point. Um, the Ottawa Senators mm-hmm. came into Toronto, uh, beat Austin Matthews Matthews list Toronto team five uh, two. Uh, uh, it was pretty. It was quite the spanking that they came. In, then they they went to Montreal, beat them five uh, nothing. They seem to be uh, the Senators seem to be in a bit of a roll here. Mm-hmm. And now it's and now I, I'm worried. And I know this is this is going to fold into what you want to talk about. I'm worried that they're now going to think that they are something. Yeah, I don't think it's like that necessarily, but I mean, what I do, what I do like, they won three in a row and then they play Montreal again tonight yeah. before the All-Star break. So, you know, if they beat the Habs, then that's great vibes. That's four wins in a row. You earn your little break. What I would like to see from the Sens is that they keep pushing. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Absolutely not. You know, they, there's too many teams ahead of them, but... To play meaningful games in the second half is important for this group, mm-hmm. uh, especially with some of the injuries and losses that they've had. Um, you know, Ridley Gregg has been He's kind been of the story for yeah. them. You know, great chemistry with Claude Giroux. You know, you're looking <laughs> at a player that he's an agitator, uh, but he can also he can also score. Those are the worst <laughs> kinds of agitators, yes. the ones that can back it up by you know getting points because you never want to see them oh, yeah. succeed. Uh, but really, Greg, you know, a player that obviously plays bigger than his frame, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that he's getting into games, having an impact, you get him comfortable. And it's funny, when I look at this Ottawa team, it's like, I mean, you can always use more talent and young talent, but they don't really need another super high draft pick. I mean, it would be a luxury. Like, they have all the pieces. Yeah. It's just a matter of everybody being healthy at the same time, everybody growing together. And you look at next year's lineup and you say, okay, well, Josh Norris, Shane Pinto, Kachuk, Stutzla, Giroux, Dabrinkit, like that's, you know, and then you add Ridley Gregg in there that gives you a different look. Maybe Tyler Boucher is on the fourth line. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe it's still too early for him. Who, Who knows? knows? Um, you know, you still have time, but. You know, this is a team where it's like, okay, like I see it. You know, you get more from Jake Sanderson, mm-hmm. Thomas Shabbat still doing big things. I mean, dude's been playing mega minutes for like since a decade now. He's been playing mega minutes since he was on Team Canada. I remember where he played like 35 minutes a game in the well, yeah, the World I mean, Juniors. That, yeah, that epic final. It was basically Shabbat and Charlie McAvoy. Yeah, just going, just throwing haymakers at shift. each other. It was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it was one of the greatest games I've ever seen live, no doubt. Um, but yeah, like you, you see. You see mm-hmm. the plan in Ottawa, and it's like, okay, I get it. It looks good. Uh, you know, if they get consistent goaltending, yes. and Anton Forsberg's obviously been, been good. He's starting to really f- round it. Yeah, so if yeah. you go Forsberg, Talbot in the future, then it's like, okay, that's a nice little 1A, 1B scenario. Talbot's a UFA after the season, though. Okay, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, you, either you re-sign him or you go a different direction. Well, they had Mad Sogard 
22. He's on emergency sure. loan. Yeah. Know? So he's a younger guy. Yeah. I mean, he still needs to prove himself, he but he is does. six foot seven. Yeah. Oh, which, and uh, you love your tall goalies. Love my tall goalies. Yeah. Uh, but, but when you're that tall, you do still have to stop the puck. They do. Yeah. So what I want to see is this group continue to push because you don't want to be that team that, that keeps losing uh-huh. and, and, and has no hope. So at, le- at least if there's sort of, you know, uh, a prize, w- other than being a spoiler late. Like yeah. you want to say like, okay, well, you know what? We missed the playoffs by four points. Or yeah. we missed it by six points. And we don't need a lot, like a lottery pick. Like it's, yeah. a, it's fine if we pick 16th or 17th exactly. in this draft. And they have drafted, you know, pretty well over yeah. the years. They've made, I mean, Pinto was a second rounder. Yeah, credit where credit's due. Like, oh, and yeah. the one thing I will say with the centers, though, is that next season is where everyone's extensions kick in. Like, mm-hmm. already we have Chichuk's extensions already kicked in. We already have uh, Batherson is already starting to get paid. But, like, next year is when Tim Stutzler goes from 925000 to 8.35. You know, mm-hmm. and next year, like, is when, uh, you know, hopefully we get a full season of Josh Norris, who's now at 795 and, you know, and Artem Zub goes from 2.5 to 4.6. You know, stuff like that. So it's next season is, are they, are, do they necessarily need to win this season? No, thankfully, because they're not. Yeah. But next season is really where, like, you, you cannot have a year like this. Yeah. And also, they will now have, like, they don't really have huge money coming off the books. The only players that are UFAs on their team right now are Austin Watson and Tyler Mott uh, up front, and then Hamannick and Holden on the back end, and then Talbot in goal. That's not a ton of money coming out. They right. also have five million in dead cap between Matt Murray's dead cap and and their buyout history, which is still includes Dion Phaneuf, by the way. Interesting. Um, I'm looking at here. So they like the the Sens. They do have. Uh, they're not next season. They will not be the plucky, you know, like up and coming Sens. They will be a team that is expected to compete in the hardest division yeah. in the NHL, yeah. um, a division that was already expected to be hard at the start of the season with the ex- expectation that, all right, well, the Bruins will take a step back. Right. And then they became the nope. best team in the league. Yeah. Um, and so it's, but you look at the roster, like they have some pieces, man. Like Claude Giroux still got it. Like yeah. he, he does, everyone wrote, you know, they wrote him off. They, they, you know, he still got it. Drake Batherson can score at will. You know, uh, uh, Tim Stutzla is a great player who will only get better. Mm. You add Josh Norris in there, it's a 35 goal score. You're just adding back into your lineup. But then I look at this team and I go like, with to your point, they're not uh, uh, to your point where like through the rest of the year they want to be playing meaningful hockey. You have the prospect capital, you have the draft capital, and now you 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 have the expectations. Just go and get Jake, Jacob Chikrin. Like just just do it. You guys have been flirting forever now, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm I, it was cute at first. I'm sick of it now. Just make out, right? Like for the love of God, yeah. Like you have, he's he's signed to he's signed to the same contract that Artem Zub is gonna come next year, and wow. it's Jacob Chikrin. Literally, they're four point six, wow. the same. Um, go and get him. You have you have the prospect capital. You have all of your firsts and all of your seconds for the next three years. You know, like, and now you're a team that is trying to take the next step. Like we already just said, you don't need another. You know, like, I mean, obviously, you would always want another top prospect, sure. but you don't really need one. Like, you have yours. You have your core yeah. set now. The time is now You only get him because yeah. you don't have that, like, other than Shabbat, who is, you know, who's great, but, like, he's clearly right now, he's not able to drag the whole decor behind, by himself. Yeah. You don't have the blue line to compete in this division. Mm. And, he, and Jacob Shurkin is one of the best defensemen in the league. He's proven that by coming back from injury. You have the pieces. Go and get him. I'm tired of this dance. And, be, and to, like, to your point... That will not like that means they will be buying at the deadline despite not going to the, not going to the playoffs, but like 
they don't really need to sell, they don't need to tank, and it will add to them playing meaningful hockey. I think it kind of fits your your blueprint yeah. and my, my wants and needs, which I think is always nice. There we go. Um, all right, moving on. The All-Star Game, we're going tomorrow, actually. Um, it'll be great. But um, something that's very interesting uh, and that has me just absolutely flabbergasted is that is, is for years we've been told, you know, oh, the reason why certain players get in certain players don't is that every team needs, every, every single team, all of the 30, 31 then became 32 NHL teams, they need a representative. Right. It's important that every market is represented. And then the NHL introduces a new market in Seattle. And that explodes in popularity, just like, just like Vegas did, you know? Yep. Um, explodes in popularity. The, the Seattle, after a pretty apathetic first season, is now leading the Pacific Division. They're doing great, and they don't even have like a crazy amount of stars on their team. Mm-hmm. They just have a bunch of really solid players that are playing really well. They're on a bit of a shooting percentage here, but you know, like we'll we'll let them have their fun. Yeah. Um, and yet, Matty Beniers goes down uh, with injury. Uh, he was a superstar phenom, potential face of the franchise moving forward. Former second overall pick. Um, he goes in, he goes out there. He gets. Selected to the All-Star game, but he goes down with injury. Mm-hmm. Very dirty hit by, uh, by Tyler uh, Myers, I will say. Um, and instead of nominating another, one of the many other uh, Seattle Kraken players who are worthy of going to the All-Star game uh-huh. this year, um, they select someone else. They select Chandler Stevenson, who, you know, personally, I am going to the All-Star game just to see Chandler Stevenson. I'm going to remember exactly where I am uh, for the rest of my life when I saw Chandler Stevenson participate. Oh, absolutely. No, and I love, <laughs> I, I'm sure somewhere down our line, considering that our last names are very similar, we're probably related in some way. But like, now Vegas has two guys. Yeah. Seattle, the newest market, the one that they're trying to build the most, mm-hmm. that has gone, that themselves have, have taken such sort of like painstaking steps to build grassroots uh, fans in, in their own market. They now are completely unre- unrepresented mm-hmm. at, the, at the event where the NHL is trying to represent every, like that, is, that has been their rule forever. How does how did this happen? All right, I'm gonna defend this. You're gonna play devil. You're gonna be like every person in every poli sci tutorial I've ever been in and play devil's advocate. Here? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. You, you're, be, you're wearing the outfit that most uh, yeah, kids would wear. I don't class. have any patches on my. The glasses elbows. aren't there. You don't. You're carrying yeah. a briefcase to class, but exactly. you're close. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna well actually this. So the. Sorry, Con- our producer Connor was giving me just a death glare behind the <laughs> camera right now. I don't know why. Because he has glasses. Oh, you have. Look, I have glasses too, I just never wear them, I'm sorry. There you go. Anyway. Mike lives on the edge. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the first thing to consider here mm-hmm. is, you know, when people said like, oh, Jared McCann, Vince Dunn, you know, maybe they'd be good candidates. Oliver Bjorkstrand, Oliver uh, Bjorkstrand. Uh, um, what's his name? They just sent Burkowski. He's, lead, sure. he's their leading scorer. There you, you go, know. okay. So, I mean, this happened just like yesterday, the yeah. day before. It's very possible many of Seattle's players already have plans for the break. A lot of players that don't go to the All-Star game mm-hmm. go on nice little tropical vacations. All of them then? Maybe, I'm not saying all of them, but maybe some of those guys that they were considering were like, sorry, already, you know, like, it's done. The other thing to consider, and, and, and like I said, it, it's last minute. It's hard to just it shepherd guys, minute, yeah. right? Um, you know, Chandler Stevenson, I, I know there was a push um, by Vegas and Vegas fans to get him voted on. Mm-hmm. So his name was in the conversation to begin with, and obviously he, you know, he wasn't one of the guys voted in, but at least there was a sense of like, okay, well, maybe I should be kind of prepared for this just in case. Um, I will also say, I don't think there should be somebody from every team, and this is... No, yeah. I will say, 
It is too bad because Seattle's having a great season and it is a new market. It would be very nice to have them represented mm -hmm. at the All-Star Game. But I would prefer just to see the best, most fun players. Absolutely. And I always go back to the only good All-Star Game in sports in terms of like competitiveness is the NBA All-Star Game. I still remember some of the ones when I was younger where guys were trying. Mm -hmm. Allen Iverson and Dikembe Mutombo in the East facing a loaded West squad that I think had like Kobe Bryant and probably Shaq and a bunch of other guys that were just crazy good. And it's like, it actually went down to the wire. You know, I mean, there's, I think there's probably 32 NBA teams. Uh, or It's probably the same as the NHL or close I to it. I think it's 30. 30? Okay. Yeah. There's only 12 guys on an all-star team there. It's like you physically can't have somebody from every team on an NBA All-Star team, they don't care. Sometimes it's like three or four Lakers yeah. or you know three or four Golden State Warriors. That's fine. They just wanted the best guys there to have fun. They bring in you know they used to bring in other guys for like three-point contests. Shout out to Harold Miner. Yeah. Um, and they are bring they're bringing in Mac McClung, who is a G League guy to play in the uh, uh, the dunk contest this year because he's a he's very there you good go because he's yeah. great at dunking. Yeah. So I'm fine with that. I you know I'm not gonna besmirch the name of anybody who's in this year's All-Star yeah. Game. But in the past, we've seen guys on bottom feeder teams where it's like, why are you here? Mm -hmm. Why are you here and not like, you know, the third best guy on a Stanley Cup winning team? You know, yeah. like if we're looking this year, you know, again, the Bruins being a juggernaut and they are well represented. Yes. You got Allmark, you got Pasternak. But it's like Marchand and Bergeron, Hampus Lindholm, Charlie McAvoy, they Hampus should Lin all be Hampus there. Lindholm should be there for sure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, you know, I mean, they try to even it out. That's fine. But I don't think I, it's too bad, but I don't think it's like a grave adjustment. I Look, I 100% I agree. And I think where we're coming from is we're looking at this from a logical perspective. Where we're looking at yes. this as like, this is what it should be yes. in our perfect world, in our you know society, if, yes. you know. But like, we don't live in that perfect world. There are injustices in this world. Yes. And the NHL is the proponent of most of them, I would say, in my life at least. And <laughs> I'm just kidding. But like, I say, it's a wonderful life. It is a wonderful yeah. life I live. But, um, it, but like, if you look at it, this, the NHL cares so much about their local markets. They really yeah. do. Like, like, outdoor games, they are done for those local markets. Yes. They are not done for the spectacle on TV, even though they do. Sometimes they end up looking great, but they are done to, to you know, boost that local market. The, the All-Star game is done to sort of like, the All-Star game, the draft, all of that, they are done to, like they are events that are given to these markets so they can like be celebrated and grow and everything. And the NHL cares so much about that. And they have, and, and we have ha seen so many dumb All-Star, um, you know, we've seen so many dumb All-Star decisions happen based on that, well, everyone needs to get one, mm -hmm. one guy represented, that for them to just kind of throw that out the last minute for their newest, market the one that I think they that they should be hammering the most for right is is bonkers to me and I'm looking at their roster and yes I know it's last minute right so yeah. I, I'm, I'm assuming there's a good chunk of players that already had tickets to Cabo or something you can't re, you can't refund them but I'm looking like they have at least in terms of being an actual all-star they have they legitimately have at least I would say 13 maybe 14 players that, that you could make an argument to be, to be replaced. Like they have Andre Burakovsky, who's got 39 points in 48 games. He's their leading scorer. Mm. 
If you if if you vote Jordan Everly the All Star game, no one would, would bat an eye. Beniers already was; he went away. You vote D- Vince Dunn to the All Star game, having a breakout season. Yep. No one would bat an eye. Jeremy Cann, no one would bat an eye. Yanni Gord, no one would bat an eye. Daniel Sprong, even after he came back, he's got 29 points in 42 games, including 15 goals. I don't really think too many people would bat an eye on that. Bjorkstrom, no one would really bat an eye on that. Wenberg, you could make that work. Even Brandon Tanev, how much fun would that be? He's great. You can make that work. Justin Schultz, you can make that work. Jaden Schwartz, even, you can make that work. He's got 23 points in 40 games. It's fine. Even Adam Larson, you could potentially even make that work as a good sure. shutdown defenseman. And then Ryan Donato, even, if you really wanted to, you can make that work. That's 14 players that you could potentially, even, even if you want to go like really nitty-gritty and look at the underlines, Jamie Alexiak is in there, too. That's 15 players on the, on the Seattle Kraken roster that you could, if you had to, fold into an all-star game that wouldn't look completely out of place Mm -hmm. considering that guys, you know, considering that you just voted a Chandler Stevenson in, Mm -hmm. considering that, that, you know, Kevin Hayes and guys like that are in there. Are you telling me all 15 of those players have non-refundable tickets or or said no? You're telling me all 15 said no to a chance to represent the Seattle Kraken in the all-star game? I don't think so. I don't... In a three-on-three all-star format, I'm not sure a lot of those guys would really Really, so Chandler Stevenson's going to be a big name draw for that? He's top-line center. By default. Still top-line center on a really good team. So so Andre Burkowski's the top-line left winger on a really good team. Yeah. I'm not saying all those guys. I'm saying... Some of those guys would not be yeah, obviously. fun in an all-star game. Abs- absolutely, yeah. but like you could at least fold but it. But Jordan Everly would be a good one. Yeah, yeah, but you can at least fold it in and have it so like, yeah, hey, look, Seattle Kraken fan, like tune into the all-star game so you can see you know, Jordan Everly or Vince Dunn or Jay McMahon or, or Jay McCann or whatever like participate in, in yeah. these cool skills. I will also say I am sure Seattle's going to get a big event. Well, they already soon. did, didn't they? They already, ha- they already got the Winter Classic next year. Oh, well, there you go. There you go, but it's just like... It just seems, and, and I cannot believe I'm getting genuinely like animated about the All-Star game. I know. This goes against everything I stand for. And yeah. I've become... You're in, in the mood. In the words of, uh, of Anakin Skywalker, I've, I've become the very thing I swore to destroy. Yeah. Um, but I, it, just, it just boggles my mind to think that they couldn't find some way to get some Seattle representation in here. Fair point. Crazy. Anyway, finally, um, uh, we already, we've already talked about what we're looking forward to see at the All-Star game the most. Yeah. Let's just cover the PHF All-Star Game, which happened uh, in, the, you know, in Toronto all over the weekend at Mad Me Athletic Center or Maple Leaf Gardens, my favorite grocery store. Um, it, it really is. I go there all the time. It's great. Um, and uh, lovely place and a ton of you know, extremely um, um, like talented, incredible female hockey players there uh, who will then also be, uh, some of them will be participating in the NHL All-Star Game as well. Um, they had some great jerseys. They did Team North America, or sorry, they did Team, um, team World, Team Canon, Team USA. Yeah. It was great. Uh, the team, team World did unicorn goalie sellies. I mean, it just like we just wanted to make sure that that was out there because it was a great event. And I, it was. Yeah. And it, it reminded me when I saw when I saw the unicorn celebration. I'm like, that's good. That's some next level stuff. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of a story I heard years ago about the Darius Miles era LA Clippers when they were kind of exciting, yeah. uh, but not really good. Uh, apparently, and if you're listening to this podcast, I'm putting my two fingers on my head and mm-hmm. wiggling them around. They used to do that after buckets, and yeah. uh, Bruce Arthur, the sport, the columnist who used to do more sports, um, he used to cover basketball, and he he asked them one time, he was like, why do you guys do that? And they said, because we're aliens. <laughs> and I thought that was amazing. I, ha- I used to have a Darius Miles Clippers jersey that I bought after I won a March Madness pool. Hey, there you go. When I was like 20. 
Listen, is that corny? Yes. Is that fun? Yes. So, uh, yeah. So I'm, I hope everyone uh, at least tuned in for a little bit. It was on TSN. It was great. Um, Team Unicorn, baby. Team Unicorn. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so now we have Rapid Fire. It's on for me now Let's because Ryan stepped in. Um, so you always tend to go with the music. I always tend to go with the movies because they are, you know, we, those are both our sub subculture. So I'm going to go movies here. And one thing I was thinking of, so Ryan, you know, I've had some great, you know, times where I was at a movie theater. Like just, just uh, uh, memories uh, um, where even if like the movie was super great, it's just like a great experience. What is your greatest movie theater experience? You know what? And this is actually fairly recent. I would say probably uh, Avengers. Yeah. Uh, now I always forget. Was Endgame the last one Endgame or the was, second last Endgame one? Endgame was, was the like big conclusion. Okay, so the one before that. So Infinity War. Infinity War. That one where, you know, with obviously the, the snap ending, yes. where you're in a theater full of people and you're like, what? Everyone just died. Wow. Spoiler alert. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. And then spoiler alert, they did. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that's the one that, that comes to mind for me. Uh, actually, the other one that I will say, which was like a fun, like everybody really anticipating, was I got to go to like a sort of premiere screening of Goon 2. Mm -hmm. And that was filled with hockey fans. Yes. Like it wasn't just press. Um, there was people that had like, you know, the Halifax jerseys that they had worn mm -hmm. there. The Highlanders. The Highlanders, the Highlanders yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a fun one as well. Yeah. I would say, like, obviously, Avengers Endgame, I think, is maybe my favorite just because it's the last time I actually cried. Um, I realized that, so I haven't, wow. it's a long time. I need to, I'm, I'm due for one. Um, another one also was I went to go see Girls Trip. Do you remember that movie, Girls Trip? And I Tiffany do, Haddish. But I didn't see it in theater. I just watched it. I saw it in theaters. It's one of, like, it's a, it's a comedy that just doesn't get made or at least put in theaters. Yeah. Um, these, but it was, like, opening weekend. Me and, and my partner at the time, we went to go see it. And it was just so rowdy, so much fun. Everyone was losing their minds. Nice. Now, and now, finally, for the last one, obviously, Avengers Endgame and, and um, um, Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm. Everyone lost their minds when all the Spider-Men came in together. Right. It was great. Um, and I also, like, in, in Endgame, I remember when, when the final battle was coming and he's about to say Avengers... Um, the assemble. I, remember I was seeing it with my with with my friend at the time, and we looked down, and we were holding hands, um, <laughs> like it, it's so excited, and we didn't even know it. Uh, wow. So it was great. Um, and and I guess the final one is the is the inverse. What's the worst movie theater experience you've ever been to? Oh yeah, other than like the projector breaking or there being no air conditioning, mm -hmm. I got dragged to see the movie Powder when I was like in high school, mm -hmm. uh, which you probably don't even remember. I vaguely it was like about this like teenager that like was like really white and had some sort of powers but it was like really boring and really a bad concept and I just had to sit through that for like an hour and 45 minutes so that's the one that comes to mind. That's tough. Yeah I, I went to go see the first It like like the remake like not It Chapter mm. 2 but the It and there were these four kids and anytime Pennywise would come on screen they would all whip out their phones and like Snapchat, I'm assuming, but it would be on Flash. And so to one point, someone said, like, turn off the phones, and they got really snippy, and I got really snippy, and then it, it almost ruined the movie, mm -hmm. thankfully not. Or when I went to go see Batman vs. Superman on opening weekend. And they actually showed Batman vs. Superman. And they showed Batman vs. Superman. Before I realized it was a terrible movie, I was extremely excited, but this family came in, and they brought, um, like, literally like a toddler. Whoa. And... They would sit in the front and they would let the toddler like roam around and then when the toddler got out of sight they would all turn their phone flashlights on to try and find the toddler wow. uh, that, had, that had crawled away. Get and I went center, and I went like, listen, I, I love babies, but like I didn't force you to have a child 
and I didn't force you to come here, and I've been waiting my entire life to see these two characters. <laughs> I'm already not enjoying it because it's bad. Right. Just let me at least watch the end of it. Anyway, that, that was my least favorite, and that brings us to the end of the show. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a lovely show. We will, uh, uh, we will go to the All-Star Game and then come back and uh, tell you all about it. It'll be great. Go to thehockeynews.com slash podcast for this episode and all the other past episodes of our lovely podcast. Uh, see you next week.